say is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn into guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you here with me today. Uh, as is often the case, so many things going on, no way to get to everything, but we're going to try to hit the... Uh, the important things, uh, obviously, primary season is upon us, and we had some major primaries take place yesterday. Today, time of the live broadcast, happened to be Wednesday, May the 18th, 2022. That, of course, is for the benefit of those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast of the show on Terrestrial Radio, or if you're a day or two late coming to the podcast. In either case... Uh, we're here on a Wednesday night, which Wednesday's not a usual night. Uh, Tuesday, I wasn't able to get to the broadcast, so it actually ended up being a great thing that I went ahead and did three hours on uh, <laughs> Sunday. Not something I normally do. Uh, I was feeling under the weather, felt bad, but felt like for some reason I needed to go ahead and get an extra hour in it, especially since I had shortchanged everyone uh, on an hour for last Thursday's show. And uh, as it turns out, uh, it was a good thing. Uh, it bought me this extra day uh, so that I will still have uh, original programming airing on the terrestrial radio stations all week. So glad to have you with me. Now, there are, of course, 
weather-related issues here locally going on at the moment. We have severe thunderstorm warnings in effect with possible tornadoes. It's going to get wild and woolly. So we're in a race against the clock to try to get two hours of programming out today. And who knows, by the time we're all said and done, may not get there. But going to do my best. Now, uh, those primary season, of course, we had uh, a few of them are still up in the air. We don't know if Dr. Oz has managed to pull out his victory, although very, very close, too close to call, and probably will head to an automatic recount anyway in that one. Uh, and, you know, we'll spend some more time going into the weekend uh, talking about the real fall out from all of the different primaries. There are other things going on worthwhile, and we will start uh, this first segment talking about what's probably one of the more important stories right out the gate, and that is the fact that Biden's Disinformation Bureau, well, according to a report from the Washington Post, the Department of Homeland Security has paused its Disinformation Governance Board that, of course, supposedly intended it to monitor monitor issues online relating to national security. Now, shortly after uh, Joe Biden's pick to lead the body, dubbed the Ministry of Truth by uh, several critics, myself included, well, Nina, she announced her resignation shortly after Homeland Security announced they would be putting a pause on the organization. Now, Wall Street Journal reporter Dustin Voltz confirmed earlier today, today being Wednesday, uh, that the story first reported by the Washington Post, which claimed that DHS, DHS had put the kibosh on the newly created board uh, back on Monday amid internal confusion and uncertainty about its future. Voltz also added that Nina Jankowicz, an author and expert on disinformation, also quite the catchy show tune singer, if you haven't seen that video, uh, well, announced that she had resigned as the board's executive director. So that was really kind of the big news today, uh, the confirmation that it is in fact true that they're pushing pause. Now, that's an important distinction, by the way. It doesn't mean they're done with it. it. doesn't mean they're over the concept. It just means that they're pushing pause until after the midterms. Hopefully, we're still going to get the red tsunami that I'm fully expecting. And if that happens, then that should effectively put the kibosh on the program moving forward because uh, Republicans will then have enough oversight of the Department of Homeland Security that uh, they're not going to be able to institute the Ministry of Truth menacing programs. The fact that the head honcho, Nina, as I affectionately call her, that is her name, by the way, and Nina said, nope, that's it. I'm out. I came here to hit the ground running. I was ready to be the Ministry of Truth, but nope, you guys aren't ready to do it. I'm stepping away. So what does this really mean? Well, it means that nothing the Democrats are doing just yet is helping them to shift polls. First, they tried this outrageous unprecedented it feels weird using that term because i swore i would never use it again we heard it so often for something else that started a couple of years ago the unprecedented leak 
of the full draft of the majority opinion of the Supreme Court that would have brought an end to Roe v. Wade. They tried to get everyone all worked up in a frenzy, and they got all the usual suspects worked up in a frenzy. But you see, the thing is, it's not moving the polls. The Democrats' own internal polling shows right now that Republicans have a huge advantage going into the midterm elections. And so far, the one thing that I am prepared to talk about when it comes to the uh, most recent primary elections is the fact that that also shows a tremendous amount of action, a tremendous amount of activity, a tremendous amount of enthusiasm to show up at the polls to vote nearly four to one to the Republican side. Now, if that holds into the uh, the main elections upcoming, well, then it will be disastrous for Democrats no matter where they are, despite their efforts to pick Republican winners thinking that they can beat a certain candidate easier than others. That hasn't always worked out particularly well for them. I will remind the Democrats who think this is a good idea that that is exactly how they ended up with the orange man who was bad in the White House. They wanted him to be the guy. Now, he did a whole lot of his own work to crush his primary oppositions, his opponents if I'm going to use the plural, but his primary opposition, all of them. It's not an appropriate... Anyway, uh, the point stands. That's who they thought they wanted. That's who they thought they could beat. Of all the candidates that threw their hat in the ring in 2016, Trump's the one they wanted to go after. They honestly thought, that's the guy we can beat. So, again, if you happen to be a Democrat or someone who leans slightly to the left that tends to vote for Democrats, if you think it's a good idea for you guys to try to choose who the Republican nominees are, it doesn't always work out, guys. It doesn't always work out well at all. All right, so here's, here's it. I mean, it, it is a big deal. We are very, very glad here at Tap Into the Truth to be able to say, yay. The Ministry of Truth has been paused. We'd be much happier if the language had been, uh, we've done away with it. It's not going to happen now. But that's not their intention. They want the Ministry of Truth. They will bring it back out, but they're desperate. So the abortion stuff, it didn't change the polling. It didn't change the polling. All the usual suspects got all fired up, ready to go out, scream, yell, rant, rave, make threats, ready to, to go, according to government memos that have been released, ready to go out and protest and burn down the Supreme Court and assassinate Supreme Court justices. All of these things have been said, but it's still the same extremist folks that were already going to vote for whatever the Democrats wanted. It has not activated middle-of-the-road, purplish kind of independent voters, somebody that can be swayed easily one to the other. Those folks are still feeling the pain, and there's no amount of disinformation coming from the White House and no amount of squashing 
actual information coming from conservative news outlets like this show that is going to change how much pain everyone in this country is feeling on a financial level. The economy is just too bad. And it's not getting any worse. And Joe Biden is doing nothing to make it better. No one in the administration is doing anything to make it any better. But then how could they? They are dedicated to the cause of destroying America as a republic. They are dedicated to the cause of trying to convince you that this country is a democracy and that this democracy is under the greatest threat of Joe Biden's lifetime. An actual comment that he made, in case you missed it, while he was visiting Buffalo. Of course, he's talking about Republicans and conservatives and Christians and white folk in general when he made this statement. Because as I mentioned on Sunday's programming, when we spoke about the Buffalo shooting at that point, there were already the beginnings of the calls for uh, censorship. There was already the beginning of the calls of uh, making sure that we conflated every person, even slightly left of center, because that's too far to the right for most of these people now, how you're all uber racist and it's all your fault and not entirely surprised, but kind of uh, surprised a little bit at how many people instantly try to conflate this with Tucker Carlson in particular. Now, Tucker's a guy that I like for the most part. I think I've said that multiple times on the show, but he is a guy that I disagree with on multiple occasions. Uh, his little dust up with... Uh, with uh, uh, Crenshaw right now, uh, I kind of think that the way the dig was, the way that went about is not a good luck for uh, Tucker. But regardless of uh, the point you're trying to make, and the point was a valid point, is trying to say that, you know, sometimes Crenshaw has went from being a firebrand of conservatism to uh, more of a diplomatic statesman who is more willing to compromise with folks on the left who don't wish to compromise. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing, depending on the topic, the issue, and who you're trying to negotiate with. I still much prefer Crenshaw the Firebrand. Sadly, this is something that D.C. has been known to do to a lot of good folks. Now, I'm not saying that Crenshaw's no longer one of the good guys. I am saying that he doesn't seem to be the same firehouse that he was before. In politics, when you want to make something happen, sometimes that's actually a good thing. So we'll see where it goes. But it was a legitimate jab, but the way you went about the jab was a bit much. I patched John McCain? Come on. But anyway, that doesn't make... Tucker Carlson a racist. That doesn't make Tucker Carlson someone who, I don't know, supports and amplifies the ideology of the great replacement theory, which has become every mainstream media outlet's new catchphrase, which I seriously doubt, <clears throat> excuse me, 
I seriously doubt that half of the people that are uttering this phrase has any idea what the great replacement theory even is. But replacement theory is pretty straightforward. It's an anti-Semitic uh, neo-Nazi ideology. And it's very specific. Now, the left, of course, is conflating literally anybody who has the least bit of concern about border control as being, I'm part of it, you're part of it. And, of course, Joe Biden was making his little statements about, oh, anybody that does this for profit or personal betterment, I just, I condemn them. Okay, well, first of all, Joe, nobody cares what you're condemning these days. You're a buffoon, and you're destroying the country. You're a traitor to the country. And I know that's inflammatory language, but that's exactly where you're at. You literally are putting America dead last of every agenda you have, no matter how much disinformation you're pumping out of the White House about how you're working day and night nonstop to solve the problem with baby formula, no matter how you're talking about what a great decision it was to follow through with withdrawing from Afghanistan, no matter how many lies you want to tell about how you're doing everything to fight inflation. In fact, you're going to raise taxes on rich people and on businesses to fight inflation. Explain to me, Joe, how that works. Because I'm going to explain to you how it doesn't work. Because it doesn't. It won't. It can't. Economics 101 covers why raising taxes on businesses will not help in an economy. In an economy that's facing this level of inflation, it's going to make it even worse. But it doesn't help an economy at all, under any circumstance, to raise taxes on businesses. It slows growth. It slows reinvestment. It slows hiring of new employees. It slows R&D. That's research and development for those of you who may lean to the left and may be listening to the show accidentally. See, here's the long and short of it if you really need the explainer. You raise taxes on businesses. They have one of two choices. They can raise their prices yet some more because most businesses have already had to raise their prices multiple times in order to survive the supply chain issue and the great resignation, as they call it. So if you're fortunate enough to still be in business, you go ahead and raise taxes. This is going to force you once again to pass those costs along to their customers. That eventually means that all the other prices are going to go up some more. And no, Nancy Pelosi, that doesn't mean the businesses are being greedy. That means they're trying to stay afloat. There may very well be some multi-international conglomerates that – multi-international? Yeah, they're – working through the multiverse. There may be some international conglomerates that can absorb the kind of losses that you're talking about. But most mid-sized and small businesses simply can't. And those are still the true spark plug to the economy of the United States of America. It's absurd to hear these people talking about the greed of businesses when it comes to, I don't know, let's say energy costs in the United States right now. They continue to do everything they can policy-wise to drive up the cost of gasoline. 
We're being warned now that by summer, everyone in the country is going to be paying $5 or more per gallon, and that $6 a gallon is coming probably before the end of the summer. Financial experts who six months ago wouldn't utter the word recession because they were in the Democratic camp can no longer keep their silence. They have to step forward because the walls are coming crashing down. It's only a small, brief matter of time before it starts getting real ugly real quick. I'm talking uglier than Nancy Pelosi after a three-day bender. I'm talking serious ugly. I'm talking you think it's bad not being able to feed your babies because of The baby formula is not on the shelves. Wait till you can't feed yourself. Wait till you can't feed your seven-year-old. Wait till you can't feed your mother. Wait till you can't even afford to go to the grocery store to go see that they don't have anything there. I mean, save your money. It's a disaster. And they're still continuing to move down that path to make it worse. The one bright spot we get is that the Ministry of Truth is at least on pause. That's it. That's the bright spot when it comes to our current economic situation. And that's not an economic story. But at least we know that their full-blown efforts at censorship are going to be paused. That they're going to have to appoint somebody new to head up the department Once it's no longer on pause. And I promise you, if the Republicans don't win and win big in the midterms, it'll be back day day of the freaking midterm elections. The only reason that it was put on pause is it was not polling very well. Even people that typically vote Democrats uh, took one look at this and realized that we're getting more disinformation from the White House. We're getting more disinformation from Circle Back Saki. And now the new press secretary, somebody, somebody actually referred to her as Black Panther Barbie. I'm thinking to myself, um, I don't know. I don't think I'd like that one, but it's just kind of weird. I mean, it kind of caught me as maybe chuckle-worthy initially, but then the more I thought about it, it's like, eh, it's really not that good, is it? Black Panther Barbie. I don't know. It might grow on me, but I don't think I'm going to use that one very much. Technically, I don't think I'm going to use it at all. I just mentioned it because I thought we could do better. So let's see if we can come up with a better nickname for our new press secretary. Anyway, the funny thing, she was actually talking about the the way it's being reported. You would think it was the demise of the Ministry of Truth. And basically she was saying it was because of misinformation from people like me and people like you, you know, all of us out here that kept trying to remind them that 1984 is supposed to be a warning, not an instruction manual. She kept saying that it was because of misinformation and disinformation from us who was calling them out on their uh, bovine excrement that that's why they had to, to hit the brakes. 
But again, I will continue to point out, and I want everybody to pay close attention to the language that is being used when they talk about the pause, the breaks, the slowing down, the changing of direction. They're not done with it. The idea is not gone. They're going to try to bring it back. Write it down right now. I'm telling you, even if it doesn't end up being Biden who gets the chance to try to do it, we get a little further down the road, we get another Democrat in the White House. At this point, it's coming. The Ministry of Truth is their ultimate agenda. It's part of their goal. That's why they want ESG scoring put in place so they can uh, either force every business in the country to either agree with them or to silence them at the very least. And that's why they want people like me, people like Tucker Carlson, people like Ben Shapiro. They want us silenced. I use those examples not to say that I'm on the same level, but those are different levels of the same type of messaging. And what is the big, big convolution here in the first place? Ministry of Truth was doomed to fail. This is still the United States of America. And as long as there's anybody who typically votes Democrat, who still believes in the idea of liberty and freedom of expression, that's actually a liberal and not just a leftist, there will continue to be freedom here. There will be people that will stand in that gap that will not allow the Democrats to just run roughshod. It takes warriors on our part, but it takes courage for the folks there on the inside to stand up and fight against the currents within their own party. So I do want to give a hat tip to any and all Democrats, any and all liberals, actual classical liberals that are out there that are trying to bring some common sense back to your side of the political uh, spectrum here. Good for you. Keep up the good – because you're in a much tougher spot than, than I am. I'm out in the open. People know what to expect. I'm not trying to pass as a Democrat. I don't have to hang out with other Democrats and pretend to be one. I don't have to actually be a Democrat and then sit there scratching my head and, and trying to figure out what is going on in this party that used to – used to at least appear like it meant what it said when they were standing up for the little guy. Now, I say appear because they've never really done that. But there was a lot of people that voted for them that believed it. They did a much better job of pretending. That game of incrementalism was spot on. They were doing a great job of hiding who they really were. And part of that was because not everybody that got elected in the party was part of that game. Some of them really did believe the hype. They bought into the party. That's why they thought they belonged there. That's how they're able to indoctrinate people. That's why there's so many college professors now and CEOs and businesses and other positions of respect in this country that have bought into the democratic mindset. Because they bought into the lie. They were victims of indoctrination because they wanted to believe in the utopian picture that got painted. 
Now, I want to believe that eventually we're going to rise above all of this too. But I recognize right now that's going to take stopping these political leftist Marxists who simply want to destroy everything good about the republic we were given to us from our founding fathers. That's why they want to burn it all down. They want to pretend like everybody's either a victim or an oppressor. They want to do these things because that's how they get to the point where they can then take control. It's about power and control. Now, you're probably tired of hearing me say that. You're probably tired of hearing other people say that. If you're listening to Don Smith, if you're listening to Ron Edwards, if you're listening to Rod Eccles, if you're listening to Ann Ubellis, if you're listening to Suzette over at Suzette Live, if you're listening to Pat Gray, if you're listening to Stu Bergier, if you're listening to Glenn Beck, if you're listening to Matt Walsh, if you're listening to you know Ben Shapiro, It doesn't matter. It's all the same. You've heard us all give you that warning, that same warning. Now, we all take a different tack to get there. We all have our different styles. We all have the different messaging. But at the end, it's the same thing. And there's a reason why we have to keep repeating it. There's a reason why we have to keep talking about the same stories, and that's because we are all desperately trying to break through. If you are a regular listener to this show or if you are a regular listener to Dan Bongino, if you're a regular listener to – if you had been a, a regular listener to the great uh, Rush Limbaugh, if you're constantly listening to the great one, Mark Levin, if you watch – if you're watching Tucker Carlson, if you're watching any of these voices, any of these messengers, any of these people that are standing up and are taking slings from the left so that we can speak to you. If you're a regular listener or watcher of these folks, then you know way more about what's actually happening than the people who don't. If you're somebody who hears Media Matters talk about how uh, how Dennis Prager is a hate monger and you believe that that's true about Dennis Prager, well, then things are pretty obvious. One thing that's obvious is you've never listened to Dennis Prager. You've never spent time watching Prager U videos. You've never – done your homework. You're taking the word of somebody who has a political agenda that must squash the messaging from the conservative side. You're listening to people who want to do the bad thing and then accuse conservatives of doing the bad thing. People that want to attack Ben Shapiro saying that you're a part of the reason this kid went and shot up uh, folks at this grocery store in Buffalo. Despite the fact that in the manifesto that he left, he mentions Ben Shapiro by name twice. Neither time is it in a good fashion. Calls him a rat in one of the references. 
he happens to know Ben Shapiro is a practicing Jew. By practicing, I mean he is all about the faith. He's wearing the yarmulke. He's doing everything that somebody who practices the faith is supposed to do. If you're like me and you know a good number of Jewish folks, you probably know more of them that don't really practice the faith. It's part of their identity. It's part of their cultural heritage, but they're not devout to the faith. We all, we, I know several, and I'm guessing you probably do too, if you have more than a couple of Jewish people in your life. Now, I'm not criticizing. Uh, there's plenty of agnostic behavior in every faith. For Jewish people, it's not just the religion. But at any rate, he knows Ben Shapiro's is. There was no actual mention of Tucker Carlson anywhere in this manifesto. I'm still trying to get through all of it. I haven't completed it. But what I've seen so far, there's no mention of him, and I'm pretty sure to where I'm at, there's not going to be. This guy much more closely aligns from a political standpoint, not with anyone on the right, but with some of these far-out Greenpeace tree-hugging wackadoos. He calls himself an environmental fascist. Does that sound like a reason to attack conservatives? Does that sound like a reason to attack Christians? Does that sound like a reason to attack Republicans? Well, you see, the thing is, we know the motto. What's the left going to do? Never let a crisis go to waste. Never let a crisis go to waste. Unfortunately, we have a crisis in the White House. And the reason they want to uh, conflate everything with the replacement theory and want to pretend like Tucker Carlson amplifies it, Ben Shapiro amplifies it, that uh, Andrew Clavin amplifies it. And trust me, if you've listened to any of these guys, you know they don't. Let me say this, and I posted uh, something not exactly verbatim here, but I posted something on multiple social media platforms earlier today. It's a basic, simple truth when it comes to why they want to complete because the abortion thing hasn't moved the polls. The Putin price hike hasn't moved the polls. This, the fears of racism and white supremacy, they need that. They need something to try to move the polls. But if you are concerned about border security, if you're concerned about people illegally migrating across our southern border, that doesn't make that person a racist. If you believe that political actors who want unfettered immigration, both legal and illegal forms, may have political motivations for that desire, that doesn't mean that you're a supporter of the so-called Great Replacement Theory. If you support free speech, that doesn't mean that you support violence. 
And anyone, anyone at all that tries to tell you otherwise on any of those points or all of them, you should start by questioning their motives. And the spoiler, there's a really good chance that whoever tells you that really doesn't want to talk about the current state of the American economy. All right, boys and girls, I need to take that mid-hour break as I've run a little long. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this brief. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. organization is poised to make decisions concerning your health and medical care beginning May 22nd. This is yet more evidence that exposes the American federal government's total disregard for your unalienable rights. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, regime leader Biden allegedly signed an agreement with the WHO that usurps your God-given unalienable right of self-determination concerning the health and well-being of you and your family. This globalist effort is already in effect in Australia, where the WHO has been granted the authority to declare what constitutes a pandemic by changing the definition. The World Health Organization goons would decide, with Biden's permission, what quarantine requirements are. They could unilaterally decide to put you in a quarantine center, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. The WHO would also decide how to prevent or treat the new disease and could prevent real cures from we the people. This has already been experienced here in the United States during the recent scamdemic. Although the globalists both here and abroad do not care what we think about their deviant plans, we the people must stand united and massively against such misguided measures. Contact your representatives and urge them to scuttle this medical madness and pray for your republic. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. My name is Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Rise and shine, sleepy Joe. Now's the time, don't you know, to get into a new kind of dream. You can rest your head. On the corner of your bed, you can watch the world go by. But you're never gonna see what the other people see if you're always gonna be a lion dog face pony soldier. Inconceivable! I am a lion dog face pony soldier, according to the disinformation that continues to come from the White House. And sadly, They want to blame the failure of the Ministry of Truth on disinformation coming from me? 
Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. I, at this particular moment in time, am going to, because I have faith, continue to go on in my life as if we will survive the Biden presidency, that we will have a return to common sense, that enough people will come to their senses, although I'm sure it will only be temporary. We see the cycles over and over again. But we're going to move forward, and I believe that life will get back to something that looks similar to normal pre-Biden. You know, back when the MAGA king was lording over the land. The great MAGA king. I still love that. And here's the thing. I highly recommend you do the same thing. Prepare for the worst. In fact, I'm going to remind you to utilize my Patriot Supply to help you prepare because it's going to take some getting to that point. But as we continue to live our lives, you may know somebody who's getting married. I mean, you may even be getting married. And if that's the case, might I make just a simple, humble suggestion? You're going to need to get registered somewhere. I would suggest sliding over to honeyfund.com and sign up with the most trusted honeymoon registry site uh, currently in existence. Funding your honeymoon is literally their business. And with a HoneyFund page, wedding guest contributions become cash in your hand. Cash that you can use to travel the world together with your new love. So, here's the thing. Go visit. There will be a link in the show description. And there are links available. You can find them on my social media presence throughout everywhere and you can visit me at tapintothetruth.com and uh, it won't be on the home page but you can go over to uh, friends and sponsors page and there will be a link there click it so go visit honeyfun.com check it out you know see for yourself what they offer don't make any rash decisions but then sign up once you realize that this really is a good deal and see why their simple but powerful cash registry is better than any of their competitors whether or not you're planning to use the money for honeymoons or maybe a home down payment or literally any other savings gold you may have for starting off your new life together sign up Right away now, Kevin O'Leary, a.k.a. Mr. Wonderful, is a heavy investor. And uh, full disclosure, I do own a small equity stake in the company as well. Now, mine's relatively insignificant. In fact, it's below the threshold that would require me to reveal that. But I figure out I'll let you know. And I kind of think it's cool to be able to say that technically... I am a business partner with Kevin O'Leary. So, yeah, it's just me and Mr. Wonderful. We're in business together. I kind of like being able to say that. So uh, I figure I'll make it public. All right, so that's it. Uh, Check it out, honeyfund.com. You can just go there directly, or you can hit the links in the show description, however you need to go there. Uh, Literally, I have no qualms about it. They don't need to know that I sent you. I own a piece regardless. So just go visit, check them out, see it for yourself. If it's not right for you, okay, so be it. But trust me, 
I don't think you're going to be disappointed in how they conduct their business. There's a reason why they are the most trusted wedding registry out there, and there's a reason why they're continuing to grow. Uh, again, just, just go see for yourself, okay? Don't let me continue to try to talk you into or out of anything. Just go check it out for yourself. only takes a second. All right, let's 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 get back to it before I talk myself out of enough time in the remainder of this first hour because there's, there's this thing going on uh, you know there's this guy in the white house you know we were we were singing the little bumper music there a minute ago with sleepy joe yeah uh handsy grabby creepy uncle joe uh barely there beijing biden yeah this guy he is the disaster he is the crisis that the democrats are not letting go to waste right now but he is their crisis he is their disaster they put him there And as much as they keep pushing out this misinformation and disinformation and then claim that we're the ones that are doing exactly that, you need to keep your eyes on the facts. The facts are the baby formula shortage could have been far less severe if we weren't sending pallets of baby formula to the southern border and to Ukraine. Pallets of them. And again, I'm going to reiterate the fact I don't want any children anywhere going hungry if we can help it. But I'm going to reiterate once again the example I used back on Sunday's show, and that is that of the depressurization of the airplane cabin. They tell you right there, point blank, if you are an adult with a small child, please secure your own breathing mask first, and then you may help the child. Because you can't adequately help someone else until you yourself are in a position to do so. Let's get America first. You don't have to call it that. But if you did it, it would go a long way towards your reelectability. It would go a long way towards stopping the red tsunami that is coming to drown all you Democrats. One of those bits of information that you need to be aware of besides Uber inflation and ridiculous fuel prices, it's a fuel-related story. See, his solution has been actually a non-solution. It's another America last idea. He's been tapping in to the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. Worse than that, the last time he did it, it didn't even come to American markets. They sent it to Europe, you know, so to help them to not have to buy as much Russian oil. It's not stopping them from buying Russian oil. It's just I don't have to buy as much. What about us here in the United States? Well, you know, we, we just need you to buy electric cars. You mean electric cars that run on electricity that have to be charged up? Where our sources of electricity are Coal fire plants and natural gas plants and ion batteries that can't be recycled and rare earth minerals necessary that are firmly in control of China and Russia. Those electric cars, that's your solution? Anyway, since barely there, Beijing Biden has attempted to you know, placate 
I think that's the appropriate word here. Try to placate the American public during the gas price crisis, first of all, by calling it the Putin price hike. Everybody saw through it. Thankfully, even Democrats saw through it, so kudos to those guys again. But then he tried to placate it by rating the critical. I, I don't think that's the wrong word. Critical strategic petroleum reserve. It has reached its lowest level in 35 years. At the end of March, the Biden administration announced that it would release 1 million barrels of oil per day from the reserve. Quoting here, the scale of this release is unprecedented. The world has never had a release of oil reserves at this 1 million per day rate for this length of time. This from the White House. They were bragging about it. While they were bragging, they continued saying, this record release will provide a historic amount of supply to serve as bridge until the end of the year when domestic production ramps up. Now, I would like to remind everybody that we saw that temporary little reduction in price lasted for about a week, and now everyone, everyone is facing the highest prices they have ever seen. Well over $5 a gallon in most of California, well over $4 a gallon in most of Tennessee. Here, we have barely broke the $4 mark before. Now, last week, here in my home county, we had a 10 to 20 cent increase per gallon, depending on what brand of gas and where you were making your purchase. In one week. That's a lot. We, we don't see that. Back to quoting this from a Reuters report. The amount of crude oil in the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve dropped by 5 million barrels in the week of May 13th. Data from the U.S. Department of Energy show. Stockpiles in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve fell to 538 million barrels, the lowest since 1987. Meanwhile, the Biden administration's gas... Uh, They've been canceling oil and gas leases, including the potential to drill for oil in over one million acres in the Cook Inlet in Alaska. American Petroleum Institute Senior Vice President Frank Macharola, Macharola, sorry, probably butchering your name, Frank, don't mean to. Macharola. Anyway, called for the Alaska cancellation called the Alaskan cancellation quote another example of the administration's lack of commitment to oil and gas development in the US also saying that the president talking about Biden has spoken about the need for additional supplies in the market but his administration has failed to take action to match that rhetoric now Regarding the depletion of the SPR, 
James Taylor, president of the Heartland Institute, snapped that, quote, Joe Biden has dangerously sacrificed America's long-term national security in exchange for a very slight, short-lived mitigation of his inflationary energy prices. Now, just a month later, gasoline prices are higher than ever, and our national energy security is in more danger than ever. Steve Malloy, former Trump Pence EPA transition team member, said, quote, by draining the SPR and discouraging more oil production, Joe Biden is endangering our national security. Gregory Wrightstone, a semi-regular guest on this program, although it's been a minute since he's been on with us, currently serving as executive director of the CO2 Coalition. He said, quote, his purpose is to advance his climate agenda, especially with respect to pointless, expensive electric vehicles. It is imperative that voters return a new Congress that has the power and will to stop Biden's climate agenda. The American Petroleum Institute, well, they've estimated that global crude oil cost is responsible for 61% of the cost of gasoline and that another 14% can be attributed to refining costs. That's important information to keep in mind when we look at how much this cost. But from day one, Joe Biden has targeted the American economy in a negative way by targeting American energy independence. Day one, by signing the executive order canceling the Keystone XL pipeline. That was his very, very first actions that he took was to try to undo everything Trump had done. And then if it wasn't directly related to this is a Trumpy thing, then it was the how do we destroy the American economy? And don't give me the BS about, well, I'm just trying to push a green agenda because we want to have a world we can pass on to our children and their children. You know, having that world to pass on means that we take full advantage of cheap, reliable energy as we develop new technologies, as we move forward with advancements that will benefit mankind and it will continue to expand our capabilities, that will increase the quality of life for everyone. That requires affordable, dependable energy. There is exactly zero green energies that fit that description right now unless you're one of the reasonably intelligent people that include nuclear power as a green energy because there's zero carbon. It's much, much safer than it's portrayed on television and in the movies. It's not a bad thing. That could be the solution for what a lot of these folks are attempting to do. But wind isn't going to cut it. Well, so it 
does tend to cut up a lot of wildlife, birds in particular. Geothermal isn't up to the task. Even though Old Faithful will spew on the regular, that's about all you can count on. Solar doesn't, bright, uh, doesn't burn quite bright enough because there are clouds and night that kind of get in the way. Now, these are all technologies that can be used in various forms to supplement what we currently do that can help reduce the cause if you do it smart. And they're technologies that are continuing to improve to a minor degree. But none of them are ready for prime time yet. None of them are ready to supplant carbon-based fuels. And whether you like it or not, carbon being released into this world is not a negative. I'm not saying don't be responsible, but I am pointing out that this is a carbon-based world we live in. Everything that's alive on it is a carbon-based life form. CO2 is food for plants, and plants make oxygen and provide food for animals and for us. Seems like carbon is a, a win-win. Now, I know I'm oversimplifying a bit, but the numbers don't lie. And speaking of Gregory Wrightstone... Go check out an inconvenient uh, truth, the uh, uh, inconvenient facts, the truth Al Gore doesn't want you to know from Gregory Wrightstone, and go get the app while you're at it. A lot of facts that are readily available right there that backs up my case. All right, that's going to have to be it for hour number one. If you're listening to the podcast, don't go anywhere. Hour number two starts right after this. If you're listening to the rebroadcast, please tune in again tomorrow, same time, where you will get to hear our number two of today's program. In the meanwhile, one last message for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, state son to love the flag and own a gun warned about the greed within the mass they met beneath the moonlit sky a college party drunk and high and when they had degrees they said their vows he couldn't say when he couldn't say how he couldn't say why she was different in his eyes and had a kid tried to live like their parents did but both their parties taxed them close to death they learned to hate the public schools watch TV making fools while trial lawyers 
looted what was left. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host. Not feeling all that peaceful as of late, but yeah, still mostly peaceful, so I'll still make the claim. Uh, at least bit the definition as it's been used by the media uh, for the last few years, at any rate. Uh, speaking of, we're probably going to have a mostly peaceful summer, uh, get the leftists all riled up about things, and then turn them loose and see what happens. It gets kind of scary because they're a violent lot. You know, they, they claim to be fighting violence with violence. They, they're fighting fascism by being fascist. They're, they're fighting for black lives by uh, ignoring uh, actual black lives. It's it's a crazy thing. In fact, that's kind of where I want to start uh, today's uh, news stories. Uh, it's not exactly a new news story at this point in time, especially if you're listening to the rebroadcast. Uh, the rebroadcast uh, would probably be taking place on Friday, but today's Wednesday, time of the live broadcast. So uh, just in case you're hearing rebroadcasts on terrestrial radio or if you're 
few days late to the podcast. Uh, you know, it'll be a little dated, but it's still an important story. But before I get into that, I would like to invite everybody to come over to Locals.com and look up the Tap into the Truth Locals community. Uh, come over, sign up, help me build a community over there. Uh, I gotta tell you that it was Don Smith's decision to move from uh, BTR and take the whole show over to locals that really kind of made me take that final uh, uh, step and sign up uh, to become a member over there, which you know, that part is absolutely free. Uh, but I didn't do anything with creating my own community or anything. In fact, I hadn't even really followed over there. It's like I did that, and it's like, okay, I'll get back to that. But I did it just so I could still watch the Don Smith show. And it is watching the show now because he does great video presentation with it. You can find him over at Rumble as well. Locals and Rumble has a, a great partnership going on right now, good synergy with that. But, uh, yeah, we're uh, after I finally caught – uh, one of the broadcasts live because it's forever. He does a show on Saturdays, and it's a point in time where uh, I'm almost always catching the Don Smith show uh, after the fact, catching it in archives, and really loving what they're doing. He's he really stepped up the game. Great, great video production too. The, the whole thing's great. Uh, but as is often the case, he's doing the show, and then uh, Brenda, uh, Don's wife, is in the chat room. Producing the show, doing all the good, great, I should say, work for uh, the production stuff. And she's in there chatting with folks that are there live. And and uh, it was being there during the live broadcast. And uh, Brenda's all like, you really need to get over here. You really need to get started. you got to do this. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, she wasn't quite like that, but she was very encouraging. So <laughs> at any rate... Um, Finalized, got set, uh, got approval for the community uh, technically today. Uh, today, again, being Wednesday the 18th. So uh, let me invite you all to come on over. If you're not already on Locals, what are you waiting for? Lots of great content over there. And if you are on Locals, uh, I don't know who all you're subscribing to, but uh, please uh, add Tap into the Truth to the list of communities that, that you've joined. Come join the community. Help me grow it. Let's make something special. Now, back to what I was saying just a few moments ago. I happened to mention Black Lives Matter, or, you know, pointedly. There was a news story that broke just a couple of days ago. And I, had, of course, haven't been on the air since then, so I was going to talk about this. Because I've been breaching the topic already, but more information's come out about how Black Lives Matter Incorporated has just been taking contributions and spending it on whatever they've wanted. They've enriched themselves and still continue to complain, by the way, that having to actually report what they're doing with the cash, uh, they're saying that that puts – their people at risk. It's dangerous for their creators and their administrators. It's BS for trying to stall. Well, one thing is certain. 
Black Lives Matter as an organization, they've been making bank. Executives of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation Incorporated have nearly $42 million in assets, despite spending more than $37 million from July of 2020 to June of 2021. There's a report out now from a 63-page compilation of tax documents that was acquired by the Associated Press. Within the documents, there were some, yeah, I'm going to say they're interesting numbers. They're going to be diplomatic. Very interesting numbers. Newly released tax filings revealed how Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Coolers, Colors, I'm sorry, I always want to say Coolers for some reason, but it's Colors, just spelled a little differently. Patrice, everybody's favorite Black Lives Matter co-founder. Well, she used charity funds to pay her friends and family large sums of cash for various consulting services, as well as to charter private flights. This, according to the Daily Mail. Now, the documents revealed that BLM paid a company owned by Damon Turner. That just happens to be the father of Color's child, uh, her baby daddy, paid the company of Damon Turner nearly $970,000 to help produce live events and provide other creative services that the uh, co-founder's brother, Paul Kohler's, received more than $840,000 for providing security services to the foundation. Uh, all of this, again, from uh, the UK newspaper. Others made Big Bank, too. Quoting here from, uh, from the Daily Mail also, quote, a consulting firm run by uh, a Shamalaya Bowers, who is BLM's board secretary and has previously served as deputy executive director, well, that was paid more than $2.1 million for providing the organization with operational support, including staffing, fundraising, and other key services. Now, it doesn't seem like they need a whole lot of help with fundraising if they've raised enough funds to pay you more than $2 million to help them fundraise. Or maybe it's just that you're really, really good at it, so they had enough to do it. Maybe you're worth the $2 million. I, maybe I should see what it would cost to, to get them to run my fundraising campaign. <sighs> Colors resigned from the organization amid questions about its finances not that long ago, back when we found out that she had a really nice mansion that she claimed was for creative safe havens. You remember that? Wasn't that long ago. Anyway, she, of course, has denied claims that she used money for personal matters and later reimbursed BLM uh, $73,523 for a charter flight for foundation-related travel, she claims. Unsubstantiated in the tax documents, though. 
this tribal, of course, was uh, which the organization says that she took back in 2021 out of concern for COVID-19 and security threats. So nearly $6 million of cash collected by the organization was spent on a six-bedroom, six-bathroom house in Studio City that featured a swimming pool, a soundstage, and ample office space. Now, the tax filing also says the foundation invested $32 million in stocks from the $90 million it collected amid racial justice protests in 2020. You know, the ones that occurred in major cities across the U.S. following the death of George Floyd. Now, Brian Mittendorf, Ph.D., an accounting professor at Ohio State University, he was speaking with Fox News, and he said that the tax disclosure will likely set up the foundation for criticism because its huge windfall has a mismatch and gaps. It sounds to me like the good doctor, uh, PhD, not MD, is also trying very hard to be diplomatic. Let me say it again. He said that it's likely to set up the foundation for criticism because its huge windfall has mismatch and gaps. That means they can't account for all the money. But even where they're accounting for most of the money, it's kind of questionable, isn't it, guys? I know I couldn't run a nonprofit and get away with that. No way they would let me. Anyway, Mittendorf continued by saying, quote, it comes across as an early startup nonprofit without substantial governance structure in place that got a huge windfall. Really, that's what it comes across as? Because I'm thinking it comes across as suddenly these folks were looking at more money than they'd ever seen in their life, and they thought the only people that were going to have to be accountable to was themselves. They didn't understand that there are laws for nonprofits that require reporting and uh, federal approval in order – well, not just federal, but governmental approval in the states as well. And since this is an international organization, well, some of the other countries, particularly in Europe, also expect to sign off on whether you get to maintain your nonprofit status or not. You have to meet certain criteria. Your records must be open and available. An accurate accounting of what you're doing with the cash is vital in determining whether or not you get to remain a nonprofit or not. And if you suddenly move over to no longer being nonprofit, now you're a for-profit business, well, then the tax structure changes rather drastically. And if you are intentionally just taking out cash and spending it as if it is a for-profit business and you are one of the primary owners so you get to enjoy the spoils of your profit, if you're treating it like that, then you'll be lucky if all you have to do is pay back taxes. 
because there's this nasty little thing called defrauding the government. There's this other nasty little thing called tax evasion. And this is one of the few occasions where you can be as leftist as you want. You can be anywhere in the hierarchy of the intersectionality coalition, and it's not going to protect you. Because when Democrats are in control of government, the one thing that trumps any of your social justice warrior mentalities is standing between them and your income. If they believe that they're entitled to a piece of it, they'll come for it. They do that even when they're not. But yeah, Mittendorf says it comes across as an early startup nonprofit without substantial governance structures in place. People are going to be quick to assume that mismatch reflects intent because it usually does. Whether there's anything improper here, that's another question. But the answer is yes. <laughs> anyway, the professor also said, but whether they set themselves up for being criticized, I think that certainly is the case because they didn't plug a bunch of those gaps. That's really it. That's the supposed expert uh, opinion and expert insight that we get from somebody that's teaching economics at Ohio State. Hey, if you got an economics major at Ohio State, you may want to consider asking for a refund. I'm just saying. I mean, it's not quite as bad as the economics degree that AOC got, clearly, but that's still not great. Oh, there appears to be uh, an opening for criticism because there wasn't a lot of governance. That means there wasn't structures but in place to make sure that there was accountability. There wasn't accurate record-keeping. This was them spending their money on things they wanted. And it wasn't until they got caught that Patrice, everyone's favorite BLM co-founder, decided to pay back the money for the flight. Still hasn't paid back the money for the other – still trying to justify it. Without, BLM, without access to BLM uh, bank accounts, she doesn't have the money to pay them back. Now, this is a big story, and it is much bigger. It's going to continue to get bigger because here's what happened. They betrayed the people that they claimed to be serving. Now, that's nothing new for those of us who've been watching the uh, federal government for a long time. But what happened here is a group of people that honestly believed – that this organization was going to help black people in America, was honestly going to fight racism in America, when all they really did is exacerbate it and uh, fan the flames of racial hatred, create racial divides where before there had not been any. Well, that's just not true, Tim. There's always been. Well, there always have been some. But what I'm telling you is you, you go around calling enough people racist who weren't, Eventually, they're going to start adapting a somewhat more racist mindset. They're going to start behaving in a little more racist fashion 
not because they were racist before, but because the fans, the flames were fanned. Yes, that's really what I meant to say. So what are we going to do? Well, I, as your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, going to continue to talk about this story when there's updates. This is one we're following. Because this is one where we have been lectured, where you and I, dear listener, have been lectured on the regular about how racist we are. About how we support ideologies of white supremacy. And it doesn't even matter if you happen to be white. I know lots of people of color who happen to be conservative. And because they're conservative, well, they're white adjacent. They're white enough. They're victims of white supremacy mentality, and we just haven't been able to get them away from it. And it's funny. They're the ones doing all the indoctrination in college campuses, in high schools, in middle schools, in grammar schools, in elementary schools, in preschools. They're the ones doing all the indoctrination, but we're the ones victimizing uh, any member of a non-white group who happens to decide to think for themselves, who happens to spend a few minutes and realize, you know what, conservatives who expect us to behave the same as everyone else, who want to hold us accountable and hold us to the same standards, they're actually the ones treating us with enough respect to believe that we're capable of all the same things they are. It's not an effort to hold you back. It's a sign of respect and belief that you too can do all the same things. But Democrats and the left are going to spin that as far as they can the other direction. They're going to take their soft bigotry of low expectations and try to hide it from you by pointing towards those mean old Republicans and those mean old conservatives, those those white Christians over there that are talking about uh, having control of the border and economic downturns that are avoidable and, and inflationary spending that's making the yeah, – everything they're saying is code. It's racist code. It's dog whistling. And they all believe in the the great replacement theory. And, and they're trying so hard to keep you, a person of color, from getting it. They sell that stuff. They sell it. They sell it. They sell it. And the sad part is there are a number of people that buy it. And it's not the folks you think. It's not the D'Angelo's writing white fragility. It's not the 1619 Project. It's not Abram Candy going around race baiting professionally. It's not Al Sharpton trying to extort money from businesses left and right. Those people don't buy it. They figured out how to cash in on it. They perpetrate it. They need other people to believe it. They have to push it and push it and push it because that's how they're making a living. They were insignificant and irrelevant 
prior to finding where they could get their little piece of the race-baiting pie. And again, the, the one good thing, the one bright spot is that more people are waking up to their flat-out lies every day. Recent guest of the show, Dr. Ben Carson. A glorious example of why everything these people say is wrong. Here in the United States of America, if you put in the effort and you take advantage of the opportunities you have, you can be successful. You still have to make good choices. You still have to, to pull, take full advantage of the opportunities that are there. And every now and then, a little bit of blind, stinking luck uh, maybe comes into play too. But you can make it. If you take a long, hard look at the folks that are lecturing you the hardest, the loudest, and have been doing it for the longest, they're, they're speaking to you from a platform that if what they were saying was true, they would never have. Some of the wealthiest people in this country are trying to convince you that if you're black, you can't be successful without the government doing it for you. But did the government help Oprah Winfrey become a multimillionaire? To go from being a television personality to running a media empire? Did the government teach LeBron James how to dribble a basketball? Did the government teach Dr. Dre how to rap? I'm looking around and I see a lot of very successful Americans who happen to be black who are far better off than I am. And it's a result of taking advantage of opportunities and their God-given talents. And I'm not jealous that they've done well. I'm proud that they've done well. I'm happy for them. I would love to be as successful. I would love to find the path that takes me to that same level of success. And I would love for each and every one of you to do the same. And in America, we have that opportunity. And we have a God-given right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Not the guarantee of happiness. Not the guarantee of success. When the government gets in the business of offering up quality of life guarantees, the only thing that they can guarantee is they can make us equally miserable. And when they start talking about equity, run the other way. Because see, equity means something different than what the race baiters are trying to make it mean. If you're talking about social justice and then you're talking about equity, what you're actually talking about is still giving somebody a handout. And I'll remind you, handouts are very rarely, if ever, truly appreciated. So you're doing very few people any favors at all. It doesn't help your self-esteem. It doesn't help you to value what it took to get that. And I'll also remind you, if it's the government that's providing that equity, that's giving you that handout, that's forgiving your debt, that's also a handout, inflationary, I might add as well. I'll remind you, 
that the government has no money of its own. None, zip, nada. To have any value whatsoever to that fiat currency they're currently using, they have to take actual wealth from people who have created it and earned it for themselves. So that handout is coming not from the government, but it's coming through the government from people who have worked hard trying to, to, to take advantage of those opportunities that were there. So the least you can do, the least you can do is accept that you have responsibility to yourself. You don't have to have a responsibility to me. You don't have to have a responsibility to your neighborhood. It's great if you stand up and decide that you're going to, to take on responsibility for making your neighborhood a little better. But if you'll at least take responsibility for yourself and live with the consequences of your choices, learn from your mistakes so that you can be better. Find a path you you may think that your destiny is to be a rap star, and it just may not be the case. Now, chase your dreams, follow your dreams, but still be responsible as you do it. Don't give up on anything until, you, until you've exhausted that career path. But that doesn't mean you get to be reckless until you get there. Believe in yourself. Learn from everything that happens, and if you get there, good for you. But stop expecting everyone else to cover for your mistakes. Stop expecting everyone else to bail you out. This bailout mentality, it again, it does no one any favors. It only hurts you and the people that you had to take from to get you that bailout. Now, maybe that doesn't bother you if you received the bailout, the handout. The debt forgiveness. Maybe it doesn't bother you. Maybe it feels real good when you turn in your income tax returns at the, uh, well, let's face it, most folks that are getting back rebates, they file as quick as they can. So these days, early February, maybe it feels real good to cash in on those extra earned income credits. You uh, get back thousands of dollars more than you paid in. But you're really engaged with government-sanctioned theft when you do that. Now, I have no qualms whatsoever with creating a tax structure that creates as many deductions as they want to put up there. If you're making below a certain dollar amount, if your income level has you in poverty... I am okay with you having no tax burden, although I do think it's a good idea for everyone to have some level of participation in having to pay taxes because then you have a vested interest in the government wasting your money too. Your mentality changes when you have skin in the game. I like that idea because nothing is going to red pill somebody faster than expecting someone else to be accountable to them. But I'm okay with the government creating these tax structures that offers every single deduction they want to, as long as it's just a deduction, as long as it takes your tax bill 
to zero. And then if you have paid in, you get back that amount. Not a penny more. If you get earned income credits and then you had no tax burden or at least less of a tax burden than what those what you paid in and what the in, earned income credits amount to, you should still only get back what you paid in. There should be no government bonus program coming out of this. That's not what this program was. This is an effort to manipulate you and to garner your support for their bad policies. For every time you think the government should have done more in a legitimate program that the government is supposed to do, think about how much more money they would have had if they hadn't turned around and just given away thousands of dollars to millions of people every year for no reason. If that money stayed in their coffers, they could be reducing everybody's taxes, right? Uh, all right, I think I've meandered down the primrose path far enough on this one. Let's take the uh, let's take that mid-hour break. Uh, don't go anywhere. I'll be back right after uh, this brief, brief message. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. American leftists have been feverishly seeking to wipe out every good moral standard. Black Lives Matter and Antifa thugs have sought to make life uncomfortable while assisting Democrats in fundamentally transforming our republic into a brutal hellhole. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Recently in Oak Park, Michigan, a rude black female allegedly tried to cash a fake $8,900 check at a liquor store. The business owner then called police. Because the liquor store owner wasn't stupid and called police, the mother of the fake check owner led a group of leftist Black Lives Matter folks in a protest against the liquor store owner because he didn't bow to the wishes of the woman with the fake check. They screamed, Black Lives Matter! The Black Lives Matter residents also accused the liquor store owner of racism. They also displayed a sign stating, Stop Racist Cops. That sign represents the leftist belief that black people like Marcina Barksdale of Oak Park, Michigan, should be allowed to lie, cheat, and steal, and even try to cash fake checks. Or you'll be called a racist. And here, the tired Black Lives Matter chants, all because leftists of all stripes seek to turn the American dream into a globalist nightmare. To that I say, basta! What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. Right. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it is indeed time to wake up. Wake up to the food shortages that we're going to be seeing very soon. Wake up to the fact that you had better be prepared. Like I've been saying for a long time now, and I mean this, and I think if you're a reasonable person with a quarter of a brain and you spend two seconds thinking about it, you'll probably agree. There is only one way to truly, fully enjoy the blessings of individual liberty, and that is to take individual responsibility. And a big part of being self-responsible is being self-reliant. And nobody, I mean nobody, has been helping you to be self-reliant longer than my Patriot Supply has. They make sure that you have emergency supply foods. They make sure you have water filtration available. They make sure you can get heirloom seats. They have every base covered. Don't take my word for it, though. Go visit My Patriot Supply. See everything they have available, and do not wait. If you wait till the food shortages are already happening, then chances are everybody else who's already got prepared may already have most of what's available. We saw. My Patriot Supply and others, some of their competitors, run out of a lot of their stuff, and it took them a while to get things back in stock. Don't wait till that happens again. Please don't. Now, there's a link in the show description today. I would ask you to copy the whole link. You'll see, depending on what platform you're at, some of the link may be live. If the whole thing's not live, don't click it. Just copy the whole link Paste it in your web browser and go visit My Patriot Supply. By doing that, it lets them know that I sent you. Now, that's good for me. That's an extra bonus. It's still good for you to go to go visit, see what they've got to, to offer. And then, please, for the love of all that's holy, take action and get prepared. Now, if you're not listening to the podcast, if you're listening to the radio show, uh, if you're listening on terrestrial radio, or if you're just really, really busy, if you're listening to the podcast, but you're driving down the road and don't have time right now to stop what you're doing, then come visit me later at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, dot com. Scroll down past recent guests, and you will see banners and buttons, and uh, there's some rather large banners for My Patriot Supply. Click one of those. It works just as well. But whatever you do, go now. Don't hesitate. You don't have time. Biden's still in the White House. Bad things are coming. All right. Anyway. One last story I wanted to cover, and this, of course, is from the opinion section at the Daily Wire. Uh, Joseph Curl, who's one of their top-notch folks, headline here is that Biden's craven fear-mongering, craven fear-mongering over COVID-19 is all about money. Let's delve into the argument he makes, shall we? In the very early days of COVID-19, 
even before the worldwide spread had prompted its classification as pandemic. One group of researchers put out a devastating prediction of what they said was about to happen. One critical report published on March 16th of 2020 received international attention when it predicted 2,200,000 deaths in the United States and 510,000 deaths in the UK without some kind of coordinated pandemic response. This information became foundational in decisions to implement physical distancing and adherence to other public health measures because it established the upper boundary for any worst-case scenarios. The report came from the Imperial College London, and it prompted much action in the United States, including, as cited above, the distancing that has become uh, the, uh, the regular interaction that we all have. But it also widespread lockdowns and mask mandates. These things came from this upper bound as well. Now, that prediction never happened, thankfully. The U.S. last week marked a grim milestone. One million Americans dead either from or the new distinction that no one would acknowledge during the days of Trump with COVID-19. Of course, the difference being that if you die from something and you just happen to have COVID, then it wasn't the COVID that killed you. Anyway... That's fewer than half of what the college said would happen. In Britain, the total stands just above 190,000 dead, according to John Hopkins Center for Symptoms, Science, and Engineering. So, Systems, Science, and Engineering. Now, of course, no one really knew anything about this coronavirus when it emerged, or at least most of us didn't. And sure, one could argue that it might be better to take more action rather than less to avert catastrophe. But it can also be argued that an overreaction prompted by such a dire prediction also led to disastrous results in the U.S. and the global economy. And perhaps we all should have waited for actual data before setting a course. Either way, we now know far more than we did way back in March of 2020. We know that COVID-19 hits the elderly and those with comorbidities hardest. Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft, who has become a philanthropist, seeking to end the scourge of malaria, summed it up best last week when he said, quote, we didn't understand that it's a fairly low fatality rate and that it's a disease mainly in the elderly, kind of like flu is, although a bit different than that. We also 
know that we're likely to live with the virus for quite some time, perhaps forever, and as we do with the flu. And we now know that COVID-19, just like most other viruses, is getting weaker with each mutation, and that the Omicron variant is the least deadly yet, causing many to have only mild symptoms if they have symptoms at all. Finally, it turns out that nearly 60% of the U.S. population and about 75% of children have coronavirus antibodies, indicating that they have been infected. This is according to data collected from a study of blood samples across the country and released by the CDC. Now, in December of 2021... Around one-third of Americans had such antibodies. Now, that's a lot of throat clearing to get to this. Why would the White House predict, as it did just last week, that 100 million COVID-19 cases will hit America unless the federal government receives billions in taxpayer funding to combat the virus? Forget that when he took office, that Joe Biden pledged to shut down the virus and that more than 600,000 of the million-plus dead died on his watch. What would prompt such a, a breathtaking prediction? Well, the answer's pretty simple. As it almost always is when it comes to the body politic, Money. The White House is sharing these estimates as officials renew their push to get Congress to approve additional funding to combat the virus. And as the nation approaches a coronavirus death toll of one million. The Daily Mail reported that Biden is seeking approval from Congress for more funding. Upwards of $22.5 billion, quote, to allow the federal government to continue to purchase tests, therapeutics, and continue other virus surveillance and prevention measures into the future. Measures that I would stipulate are no longer necessary, that I'm pretty certain they know and realize are no longer necessary. But again, can't let a crisis go to waste and you can't let the crisis just die on its own. They want to spend, 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 spend. The modern Democratic Party, they don't believe in modern monetary theory. They believe in spending and fashions that make sailors look like Scrooge McDuck. Drunken sailors. And in case you're not familiar of the old adage that used to say spending like a drunk sailor, it's because once the sailors got toasted, they spent everything they had quite often. Sure leave was a fun time. Am I misappropriating? Am I trafficking in, in unfair stereotypes? I think so, but 
you know, it's a saying for a reason. So while the predictions were roundly blasted by Republicans and conservatives, even one former Biden official ripped the White House, saying, quote, I've seen no data which supports the possibility of a fall or winter surge in the U.S. resulting in 100 million cases. No one should make that kind of statement without providing the assumptions behind the numbers. This is from Michael Ostrom, former member of the Biden COVID-19 Advisory Board. Ostrom said also, quote, any modeling that looks beyond 30 days out is largely based on pixie dust. I worry that the White House has gotten way ahead of their skis on this one. But you see, it's never really been about truth or accuracy, has it? Biden wants billions more to spread around, even though... Dr. Anthony Fauci is a top U.S. immunologist. He said just last month that America is out of the pandemic phase. Rather bold statement. He almost immediately walked back, but presumably after someone in the White House had said, hey, by the way, uh, Anthony, we're, we're still trying to ride this uh, pony uh, to get some more money. No, it's not about truth. It's not about accuracy. It's, it's always been about fear for the White House and ratings for the media. And the, the panic porn did wonders for their numbers. Best thing to happen to them since Trump. So frightening Americans with dire but unsubstantiated predictions is, well, it's all about the money. As they say in those goofy PSAs, the more you know, the more we know is that the presidency of Joe Robinette Biden Jr., well, Joe for short, Joseph, lunch pale Joe, barely there Beijing Biden, creepy, handsy-feely Uncle Joe, the more we know about him, the more we know he's been a, a hypocrite his entire existence. He has sought out adulation by those around him and is willing to bend to their will to get it. He's a yes man for whoever is pulling the strings, and he will go out and play the part just so he gets the chance to say yes. After nearly 50 years of trying, I finally got to say that I'm the president. He doesn't care who he has to hurt. He sold his soul to get that position. <laughs> That's, of course, presuming that he had any of it still available to sell by this point. But when they start talking about these ungodly dollar amounts, while we're in the worst inflationary cycle... In history, at this point, spending any more money at all is reckless 
and dangerous. If they don't get to some level of fiscal responsibility and soon, the desired effect of collapsing the republic will, it will be completed. Their gold will have been realized. There will be no republic left for us to save. Now, I, I still believe that there's time. I still see more and more people every single day waking up to the fact that people they trusted have been lying to them. It's getting harder and harder to ignore the juxtapositions that these people expect you to accept. I posed the question on social media today, multiple platforms, that if Democrats support Planned Parenthood and Planned Parenthood kills more blacks every year than the police, a lot more, then isn't it the Democrats who are racist and Planned Parenthood who should be defunded? And thinking I'm cute and clever, I then said, asking for a friend. The juxtaposition is you're supposed to believe that Planned Parenthood is helping minority women in this country. When point of fact, if Planned Parenthood had never existed, then black Americans would probably, by this point in time, no longer be a minority. When you have major metropolitan areas, multiple major metropolitan areas in this country where more black babies are aborted than are born, that should tell you a little something about how the population growth could be and who it is exactly that's preventing that population growth. If you want to talk about great replacement theory, it seems like it was Margaret Sanger, hero of the left, and all of the supporters of Planned Parenthood that are working really hard to make sure that when the replacement happens, that it's not the black. The black American will not be the majority. It's up to you to figure it out for yourself. I can lead you to the water, but I can't make you drink. I wish I could reach a few more folks that lean to the left but are open to the discussion. I'm proud and I'm honored to have those of you that lean to the right taking your time and listening. Again, I want to invite everybody listening to, to come seek out, tap into the truth on locals, and join the community. Let's start building something together. I barely got anything over there, but let's start doing it. Let's make it available. You can find the show also on Rumble. And you can find the show on uh, SoundCloud. You know, just in case you're not finding the podcast in other places. Now, as a programming note, I am scheduled to have uh, 
Ed Rodal back on the show. He's got a brand new book out. It was released just uh, this past week, America on Her Knees. Well, I'm sorry, America on Its Knees. I'm trying to change the title to The Way I Talk. <laughs> it is a strong look at the price that we are paying for having replaced the great MAGA king with barely there Beijing Biden. And it's a price that every American is paying, even the ones who maybe don't realize it yet. You're getting there. So, yes, be ready to hear my conversation with Ed on Sunday's broadcast. I'll actually be getting together with him tomorrow to record that conversation, but we'll have uh, Ed on, and hopefully I will be uh, back on uh, the uh, Ron Edwards American experience on Sunday. We'll see what happens Uh We've been having a hard time uh, connecting here lately. Uh, his schedule and my schedule just have not been working, talking about Ron. He's had a couple of weeks in a row without a live show on Sundays. They pre-recorded. And then this past Sunday, they finally had another live show. Only I was not doing well at all. <laughs> Very under the weather. So I was unable to join him. But... uh Hopefully we'll get together this Sunday, and then hopefully I'll be able to get them back on here uh, sooner rather than later. In the meanwhile, guys, that's going to have to be it for tonight. Just remember, uh, Honey Fund, if you're planning on getting married or if you know somebody who is, send them over there. Uh, just just let them check it out. I'm, the, the website will do the rest. Remember, prepare. Get prepared. Slide on over to my Patriot Supply. Use the link in the show description or at tapintothetruth.com, please, so that they know I sent you. But if you're not going to do that, then mypatriotsupply.com. I don't care if you really cut me in on that action or not. I would love it if you did. It would be great. But right now, I just want you to get ready for what's coming. Please get prepared if you're not already. And if you are somewhat prepared... You can't be overprepared. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, again, that's it. Remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. Most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And, uh, you know, again, one more time, just for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey.
using both hands. 